0: And so this week is Parshas Shaiftim, and we're continuing learning the halachas of Laisisna Sachicha B'vavachah, and Haycheyach Tachiyach H'zameisacham, the halachas of not holding a grudge, and the halachas of giving rebuke. So last week we discussed the mitzvah of giving rebuke, Techacha, um, when someone has wronged you or harmed you. And this is learned from the pasach of Laisisna Sachicha, Haycheyach Tachiyach H'zameisacham, Don't hate your brother. Rather, give him rebuke. We learned from the Rambam that the correct approach for this rebuke is to approach with a question, not with an attack. Ask the person, why did you do this? What were you thinking? And be prepared when asking that question to listen as well, to try to give it as best as possible objective thought. And if the person chooses not to respond to the and he rejects your rebuke, is not sorry at all, then we're not obligated to forgive. And we can hold this against the person. That's not called system. There's no available assistant at that point when you've spread it out on the table in front of him and the person still refuses to, be, to repent. And until that person comes and asks for forgiveness, it's, uh, it's his problem, not yours. And nevertheless, it's a mitz chasidus. It's considered to be a level of perfection if a person can remove the anger and the hatred from their heart. Because we're not supposed to harbor hatred for any Jew in our hearts. Now let's address the nature of the rebuke itself. So as we know, the mitzvah of giving rebuke is not limited to this particular situation where someone has wronged you 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 and you need to face them, you need to confront them. But it's also, obviously, the mitzvah of giving rebuke when someone does an Avera, when someone has transgressed the Torah and needs to be chastised, it needs to be put back onto the right path. And the Torah gives us direction how to pursue this. When it says the last words of this Pasuk, when it says, Don't make that person hate you. So what does that mean? The Ramam explains... If you rebuke your friend, even if it's something between you and him, like you know when he has done something against you, has wronged you, or if you're giving him rebuke because he's done avaris, he sinned. Number one, it has to be private. The 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 rebuke that you're giving him, the confrontation needs to be in private. There can't be other people around and you need to speak calmly, and softly, gently, and you should let the person know, you're only letting him know for his benefit, to bring him to the world to come. And and if the person accepts your rebuke, good. But if he doesn't accept your rebuke, which means he's not ready to stop, This Avera, rebuke him again a second time, a third time, and continuously rebuke him until the person you're rebuking gets so angry at you, gets so frustrated that you're continuously rebuking him that he smacks you. I'm not gonna listen to you anymore. Then you can stop. So it's just fascinating, you know, to realize that. Just the last point before we get to the first points: how to give rebuke, just to realize how far the Torah expects us not to give up on someone. The Gemara says, it says a double lashon, even a thousand times you have to give rebuke. Obviously, if there's a chance that the person will listen and you just don't give up. A thousand times, don't give up. Keep on trying. Eventually the person might listen. You only need to stop when the person has gone so far to, to hit you and demand that you stop, then you can stop because then it's kind of he's, he's moved it on to another level. But otherwise, don't give up. It's just so important to realize how much faith the Torah has in us and in each of us. Now, what the Ramam in the beginning is saying is how important it is to respect the other person and only rebuke him, that person, uh, in a way that won't embarrass them or hurt them. Now, even though in our minds we might think, and especially if it's something personal that the person has done to you, the person has sinned against you, right? And he has, you know, he, he, he's essentially deserving of uh, 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 of the treatment you would give him. No, you know, we are we are obligated not to hate the person, not to strike back, and to let, know the, let the person know he's done something wrong, whether it's against us or tashan, but against us as well, gently and kindly. We're doing it, essentially, for his benefit. We're doing it so that he has an opportunity to explain himself, that that person, he or she, has opportunity to explain themselves, to try to rectify their actions or apologize. We're giving them rebuke, even when it's a personal issue between us. We're doing it for their benefit. And that's what we have to keep in mind, and that can go a long way. That can go a long way for helping us keep our cool, for helping us stay calm and being able to deliver to in this way, which is obviously going to be the best chance that it has of being heard. This obligation to give rebuke can be done through any media available. Obviously, you can do it through an email, a letter, a phone call, but a person can't give up, like the Ramam says, even a thousand times. And often what it really requires is a face-to-face interaction. Now, there are times when it's not really possible to give rebuke. There are such situations. For an example, you know, when a person has relatives who are not religious, and they simply don't understand religion, and it's not their fault. It's the way they were raised to believe. And they might be disparaging. They might even be insulting. And insulting, there's no real excuse for that. There's no, you know, they're not right for doing that. But it's very difficult to rebuke them because they don't really have the ability to understand religious people. And if so, we're not obligated to rebuke, but we can't harbor hatred either. Now, no one has to accept an insult. You don't have to take that sitting down. And it's our, you know, we can request to be treated respectfully, and it's our right. You know, we're, we're, we're owed that to be treated respectfully. But if the lack of respect is simply because they just don't have the capability to understand religion, and and giving them rebuke, asking them won't help because they're just going to come back to the same problem. So then we're not expected to rebuke them, but we should try not to harbor resentment either. And that can be very, very, very difficult. Sometimes we are worried that trying to approach the person and give rebuke and question their answers and ask them to explain themselves will actually cause it to get worse. We're worried that... The person will then open the wound further. They'll attack us even more. They'll continue to insult us. And we don't want to risk making the wound bigger than it is. So we are not obligated to approach them in that case. And we should still try to do what we can to remove the hatred from our hearts because we can't approach them. But we're not obligated to approach them and risk Making the fight bigger than it already is. Now, we mentioned already in the first week that a part of the Isser of of not harboring hatred and resentment in your heart is not to give a person the silent treatment as payment for the behavior, which is what Avshalom did for Amnon. But very often, you might not hate a person, you might not harbor resentment, but you know that it's in your best interest to avoid him. You don't want to hang around that person because he is being nasty. That person is being. Insulting and is humiliating you, and that's fine. That's okay. That's not lassisna. That's self-protection, self-preservation. It's not fueled by hatred. It's only when a person deliberately ignores a person, gives them the silent pre- treatment out of hatred, is where it can go under the category of assistance So, I hope these past three weeks that we've been talking about this concept of lassisna and and a giving rebuke and approaching a person, I hope it's helped us understand the extent of what the Torah expects of us, how calculated the Torah is about holding any, harboring any kind of resentment in our hearts against another Jew, how much the Torah obligates us to remove it, and to address it, and to confront the person and the issue, and to work it out as best as possible, using every tactic possible, speaking gently, speaking kindly, not addressing the person in public, phrasing it as a question and waiting for the answer. Everything that we can do so that this can be a successful method of achieving peace because that's really the goal here. We're trying to do what's best for our friend. It's a kindness. It's a chesed. And looking at it that way can make it a lot easier to do and a lot easier to approach the other person to try to make up. And obviously, we're, we're entitled to protect ourselves, as we said. And there are times when it's just not the right thing to do to approach the other person. But if we can, we're obligated to. And it's a big mitzvah, and it creates v'haklur yechah k'moichan. It creates shalom, which is such an essential necessity for every Jew and Jewish community, and to have bracha from a kaddish baruch That's the mitzvah of Sisna techichev and the connection between Sisna and and haycheftachirza misar.